You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. point now in society and in dentistry where mental health is not a stigma it's a thing like it's part of the deal now and we can't just push it under and so in the midst of all of this people are panicking it is going to be something we're always gonna be up doing conversation beforehand so i'm so thankful you are on brother i don't even know where to start other than i think people need to know who you are first if they haven't heard you so who's josh austin so thanks for that uh, intro about how this is going to be hilarious because uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not going to be, I'm going to tell you a story to start off here in just a second that I've never okay. told anyone in the world. And um, uh, I don't know where it's going to go, but um, we'll just see where it goes. And, uh, and, and I would say have fun with it, but it's not a fun topic. So, uh, but it's more important now than ever. And you say it's a thing in dentistry and I think it is, um, but there's still a stigma about mental health in dentistry. You want to know how I know, um, is look at the program rundown of any major dental meeting and tell me how many courses there are on depression, on suicide awareness, on that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you've got Uchi later on, which is great. And there's a lot of wellness courses. When you look at wellness courses, it's going to typically be an Uchi-like course where we're talking about body wellness, physical wellness, nutritional wellness. Um, it is still a huge problem in dentistry that nobody wants to talk about. So we're going to talk about it. Love it. So I'm anyway, I'm Joshua Austin. Uh, I host the Working Interferences podcast. Um, it's dumb. It's irrelevant in the world. Um, it is complete. It's the only dental comedy podcast. Um, so that's awesome. Now let's not talk about anything funny at all. Okay. So uh, take us through the preface of what we're going to talk about. What do we need to know if we're watching okay. this? And Josh, you do a lot of speaking. You're out there talking to dentists all over. Just give it, I always like to start with a big picture state yeah. of the union. What are you seeing? What do you know? All that. It's hard to know what the state of the union in on, is on this, on, on the mental health of dentists, because no one is comfortable enough to talk about it. So all I can kind of tell you is my journey. And um, I'm going to start it in 2011, which is the first time I ever saw you speak. And um, 2011, I saw you speak and I was not in a good place mentally. I was not in a good place um, mentally, partly because of my home life wasn't great. Um, and it was in a, a uh, probably what I would term a non-constructive relationship 
Um, and I was in a practice that was just starting and having typical new practice struggles there. And I saw you speak. Um, and I, I don't mean to make you feel bad. That's not the goal of this. But um, you made me feel bad about myself. Um, Why? Because, because you brought something out in my mind that we'll get to in just a second. But I remember, and I, I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but I do. Um, I saw you speak. And then that weekend, uh, I went to the movies to see a movie, which is uh, pretty prescient right now called Contagion. Um, I don't know if you've uh, seen or heard of the movie Contagion with Matt Damon and Kate Winslet. And uh, who else is that? Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, <laughs> and I remember, and this is God. Kirk, this is so embarrassing to say, and I'm so ashamed to say this, but I'm going to tell it to you. What? Um, I saw that movie and I was at a, such a dark place in my life that I thought to myself multiple times watching that movie that, wow, this would be great because this would mean I don't have to deal with this stuff anymore. And I wouldn't have to get up to go to work the next day. And I wouldn't have to get up to fake feelings in a relationship that wasn't positive for me. And it would be a great answer to the problems of my life. And looking back on that now, that is so incredibly tone deaf <laughs> that it's embarrassing to say. But what I think it highlights is that um, we can end up as dentists in dark places mentally and emotionally. And it can make us think some thoughts that we're not comfortable talking about because we are a surgical group. We see a disease and we cut it out and then we patch it up or do whatever we do. And that is not how you handle mental illness and mental disorders and, and, and depression and anxiety and panic and bipolar and all those sort of things. And so we're just not equipped with the tools. Um, so when I see all this going on and I see how something like this affects the world, um, and I look back on that, unfortunately, I'm in a much better place mentally now, but I think to myself, my God, how many dental professionals out there right now have the thoughts of it would be a lot easier if I didn't have to get up tomorrow morning. And that's a scary thing. And, um, I don't want any dentist to have to suffer with that, um, without feeling comfortable talking about it. And so that's why I'm going to talk about it. Hey buddy, I'm so proud of you. And I'm grateful that you would offer that up because I didn't know that story. And I think you're, you're an incredibly, I already love you as a great human being, but like you're, you're a brave guy to talk about this stuff because they're, you know, we, we don't understand it. It's one of those things. I don't even think we could begin to understand it, but somebody has got to start the conversation. Yeah. And, so hilarious. Um, right. Uh, thank you for the great well, intro. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's not, but, but look, look, this is what we're here for. This is what this yeah. is about. This is about all of us helping each other, whether it be financial, whether it be money, whether it be your thoughts, but I will tell you my biggest enemy is right here every day. 100%. And my son even says this to me. He goes, dad, what are you saying? Like, cause now I can hear you talking to yourself. I'm like, you can hear that. It's crazy. The conversations you have with yourself and most of them are often very irrational, you know? Um, so, and, and people say, Oh, therapy is a stigma. No, it's not. You, every human being has to have someone to talk to. Yeah. And if you don't, that's why in a time like this, you got to have somebody to talk to. You got to have a, an accountant to talk to somebody mental health wise, there's gotta be someone that you can talk to. Cause I think it's, it's almost like exhaust. It's going to get more and more dangerous if you don't get it Absolutely. out there, help you sort right. it. So whatever you're experiencing, 
I think it's important to talk to your team. It's important to have these conversations at home. A professional in any realm, just talk. No, and someone that'll listen. Would you right. agree? Like, take yeah. take us through this journey. Like, what what do we need to know, Josh? Where do we even start? So, I mean, my brain is is broken because when I figured out that I needed a therapist, and I can go to my, I can go through the story of how that happened, but we'll come back to that because you brought up therapy and I think it's vitally important. Um, when I realized I needed a therapist, um, I didn't know where to look for one. So you know what my main lecture topic is, right? It's mm-hmm. Google and Yelp. Yeah. And so that's where I went looking for a therapist. And, and to be frank, um, I went to the best couple therapists on Google in San Antonio. I went to the best couple therapists in Yelp on San Antonio. And neither, none of those people, there were three to one separate, one overlapped both services. Um, so I went to three different therapists. None of them were a good fit. And I think the reason that they were so highly ranked was because they didn't really hold me accountable to anything. They would just sit and let me talk, which was fine. That's part of therapy. However, at some point, you need somebody to find a screw and turn it um, in order to get you to where you need to be. Um, and so, you know, I get like trying to find the best sushi restaurant on Yelp and I get trying to find the best hamburger on, on Google reviews and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for me, that sort of, <laughs> the way that I function through life by finding businesses that way didn't work here. Um, so I honestly, and, and this is not a commercial for this company. I don't make any money from this company. Um, I use a company called Talkspace. And Talkspace is a, is a therapist, um, sort of when and where you need it. And so there's multiple ways that I can communicate with my therapist. Um, we can do phone calls. We can do FaceTime. Um, and a lot of times we just text. And surprisingly, Kirk, it's, it's kind of sad how much more honest I can be over text with somebody than, than it is. I mean, when I'm having a, a feeling that's rough, it's easier to say it sometimes over text than it is face-to-face because um, when it's face-to-face, I'm reading your visual cues. I'm reading your body language. I can, my brain picks up all those little uncomfortablenesses about it and it makes me divert off my message. Um, whereas with text, you don't get that. And so Talkspace has been great for me. Um, I still would love to find a good in-person therapist where I live um, to, to be maybe quarterly or something like that, maybe every other month. Um, but my day-to-day therapy, my week-to-week therapy generally happens through Talkspace. And um, it's a fairly inexpensive service. I think it's a couple hundred bucks a month, depending on what plan you pick. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm not saying everyone needs a therapist. Just every dentist needs a therapist. <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> I, I'm sure there are plenty of dentists who are perfectly mentally rounded and, and have no self-esteem issues have no negative thoughts and and make it through their day unscathed every day and lead their perfect lives. Uh, their Instagram feeds make me know that there are some dentists out there that are perfect. Um, but for the majority of us, I just think it, this, this thing is hard, man. This job is hard. It is. And we need, we need someone that we can sound things off of and that we can share um, without fear of being judged how we're feeling and right. what we go through. It's powerful, buddy. I couldn't even imagine trying to do any of this on my own. I don't care if it's a coach, therapist, or somebody. You got to talk to somebody that can help you sort your thoughts. Because you already know this. People close to you, whether you communicate via text or something, sometimes they're too close to you. Do you know what I mean? And and they're quick to – I mean – 
I, I'm the craziest person here at my office. And so like, they're like, Oh my gosh, you need someone to talk to. Cause we, you should go somewhere. Cause you talk too much. But the thing is everybody needs someone to, to connect with and sort these thoughts. And Josh, take us through, you know, just, I mean, when you look at this situation, even prior to this situation, you, you've done it all with your practice and all that. Like, what do we need to, what would you say to other people watching this? You know, cause we've heard from Gary this morning. We've obviously heard from Christian yeah. on bigger scope, but well, take us to the realness of owning a practice. Like what, do you, what are you thinking right now? And what are you trying to do just to keep uh, the road ahead clear and easier for you? Firstly, this isn't a message for you. This is more for Gary, but, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it'd be a good idea to comb your hair. Uh, <laughs> he did say it was super early. Now he said he was on the Peloton, and that uh, he rolled right out of bed. No, he rolled right out of bed for this. Um, Wait a minute, though. I have to speak on Gary's behalf because behind the scenes, we're managing, you know, changing oh, speakers yeah. and schedules. And so, like twenty minutes before he went on, yeah. or twenty minutes before we needed him to go on, we were like, "Hey, can you do this at nine fifteen? And he said, "Sure." But I totally I, I <laughs> messages I was getting about his hair and i had chat screens the up best. to really see what was happening and then i and then here I, we go gary gary I, I i stand with gary let me uh, yeah there we go and then i then i sent him the text oh i guess you're not you are you in or out do you even care about this profession he's like dude i i'm getting married here so like i gave him i gave him the guilt thing and so he was kind enough to show up so yeah i agree and you probably put gel in your hair so i'm well, not and i think there. kirk you and curtis did today too but it kind of didn't work as much um, oh I, you know i think um you know I, I saw one of the panelists i don't remember who it was uh somebody from the ada said um you know that that emergencies can keep you really busy and and I've had people come out of the woodwork the last three days that like, you know, with problems that w would have been worse a month down the road. And so we, we address them and, and, you know, I, I don't know if that's a sustainable business model in perpetuity, but it's a sustainable business model for a couple of weeks. Um, and so everyone's talking about catching up on all this stuff, you know, catching up on all their binge, mo binge watching and, and all that stuff. And I'm like, I've been at the office dealing with emergencies almost every day, you know, every day. And, and, you know, there has not been at least a segment of a couple of hours where I haven't seen a patient for an emergency. And so, um, you know, that's certainly a profitable thing and can be, and certainly, you know, hygiene kind of becomes a, a separate part of it. And that was all discussions this morning. Um, but I think stay positive in the idea that, Hey, like if you're at your office and available to people who need your help, um, it's not that it's going to be zero. It's going to be, you know, your income is going to be reduced from what it was, but it's not going to be zero. And, and so that's, that's kind of what, what, what we're working towards. I, I think, you know, now's a good time, I think, because with technology the way it is, there's, there's plenty of therapists, whether it be on Talkspace or BetterHelp um, or, or private therapists who do Skype and do Zoom and things like that. Um, to, there's no reason why you can't do that now. And now if you've never done it before or never have not been in therapy, now's a great time to get started. Um, you know, that's the one thing about therapy is, is there does need to be some history between you and, and your therapist. Um, they need to get to know you a little bit. And so if you can get through some of that now, you know, it certainly makes when things get back and going and those new stresses come up, um, maybe, maybe easier to handle. And, and it'll make now easier to handle. There's, there's no reason why you couldn't do a video conference with the therapist and spend, you know, 30, 45 minutes, an hour, cost you 150 bucks probably 
and um, you know, um, be working on ourselves in a way that we should, that we generally don't. What are some helpful things you've learned in this journey? Oh, uh, so here's, Any- I, yeah, this is what you're going to love this. Tell me. You're, you're obviously a proponent of morning huddles, right? I am. Okay. Nothing pisses me off more than my morning <laughs> You want to know wait, why? Wait, wait, tell me, tell us why. Here's tell why. why. Okay. Tell us why. Because many times our morning huddle devolves into reading the schedule. Hmm. Mrs. Jones is coming in for this and that. And it, it, what it starts to remind me of is, uh, you remember being in church and reading and, or trying to sing from the hymnal, yes. right? And we're, we're like white guy church, you and I, right? Like, so there's difference in different, different racial communities as far as how enthusiastically they, they take their, their gospel music. Right. But generally you and I are, it's, it's, Hallelujah. The morning huddle turns into that. You have the hymnal in front of you, which is your schedule for the day. And it becomes Mrs. Jones is coming for her profi. Amen. And it's, it, 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 so it starts me at annoyed. So therefore my day starts at annoyed. Not a good way Uh, to start. No. And so, I mean, I correct them. Like, we're not here to read the schedule. We're here to, you know, quote unquote, dig for gold, which now that the hand washing thing, like I can't dig for gold anymore the way I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but digging for gold in the schedule, not right. in your nose, wash your hands. We don't um, teach that by the way, you were no. using a different coach that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's finding opportunities. It's finding things that have fallen through the cracks, et cetera, et cetera. But oftentimes it defaults to we're tired. We read the schedule and then we start and I'm start the day at annoyed. Uh-huh. So what I do is I go into the office after our morning huddle, I close the door um, and I put on headphones and a sleep mask and I do a 10 minute guided meditation um, through an app called Calm. Um, C-A-L-M. Um, I got it. Advertise- I got yeah. it. I love it. Actually, so, LeBron uses it. Yes, use it yeah, he does. Yeah, I use it. In, I use it on the planes. It's awesome. Can you tell, us, tell us more what it is. I love it. So calm is, is guided meditation. So some people like Bill Robbins is, is really good at TM transcendental meditation, where you can literally just zone out and you have a mantra. That's a very personal thing to you. Um, and you're able to zone out for extended periods of time, 20, 30 minutes, an hour. Um, and there's all kinds of data on, on trans on TM transcendental meditation. It lowers blood pressure and all that kind of stuff. I'm not that good at it. And so my brain is much more like yours in that I need a shepherd to sort of guide the way for me. And if I just sit quietly in a room, that room will fill with my thoughts really quickly and I won't be able to shut any of it out. So calm works well for me. There are people who are much better at meditation uh, that probably don't need it. Um, but you know, it's, it's all about breathing. It's all about trying to tune everything out, figure out what's important. Yeah. And calm helps me do that. And I do find that like the time of, if I do that, that, that calm 10 minute guided meditation after my morning huddle, before the day starts, it gets me back to like positive. Right. Whereas if I just go straight into the day, I'm annoyed at the huddle. I'm annoyed at some kind of problem that came up in the huddle. And now it's like, I've already got my foot on the accelerator and we're headed like zero to 60. Right. And so calm gives me a, a 10 minutes to pump the brakes a little bit and, and, and relax. And so, um, if you're anything like me and you walk in the office and you're immediately introduced to problems, um, then take that 10 minutes before you see your first patient, do your huddle, 
do, do your meditation, then start your first patient and it will yeah. make a difference. In full disclosure, I mean, I love that you're talking about my kids actually use it too. Um, when I can't sleep, I put my phone next to the bed and I just play calm. And as a matter of fact, I can even play. Um, it, it, what, it, what it allows me to do is it stops the brain racing for me. Like, right. I don't know if you guys are like me, but if you own a business or even run a family, your brain races. Like it races to the point where I can feel my blood pressure go up. I can feel my heart. And I'm like, I'm just going to go to bed. And I try everything I can, but there's something weird about this. Now, I don't know the science behind it, but when I hit that and I'll just lay it next to the bed, I, it's hard to think about other things. Like, I don't know what it does, but yeah. it interrupts that a little bit. And it inevitably I'll fall asleep and it runs all the night with the phone off while it's charged. And then yeah. my wife will say, turn that down. It's really loud. Yeah, I'm sure I was going to say, <laughs> it, it's great for you. It's super annoying for your wife. Yeah. She's like, what? That is so loud. I'm like, dun, dun, dun. but I will tell you. So let me ask you a question. So you just, you'll, you'll do that right after the huddle just calms you. You can kind of get in the zone. It's just like a refocus point. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I absolutely feel, feel it bring my anxiety down. I, you know, I, I've never put on a blood pressure cuff, so I don't know if it brings my blood pressure down, but I feel it. Like I, you feel it in your blood, you know what I mean? And you're, you're sort of hot tempered. I think a little bit like me in that, um, I would compare it to, you remember Peyton Manning, you know how Peyton Manning, if someone ran the wrong pattern, he, he was mad at his receiver, right? And it could have been like Marvin Harrison, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Right. Um, but he would still yell at him when he came back into the huddle, right? Yep. Did that mean that Peyton Manning didn't love Marvin Harrison and didn't love working with him? No, not at all. But in that moment, Peyton Manning's desire to win was so much so that he doesn't have another way to channel his emotion than that. And sometimes I feel like that. Like, it's not that I don't love my team when I get frustrated and whatnot. And, and, and we have those kind of moments in the huddle where it's like, snap out of it. We're not here to read the schedule, you know? Um, and it doesn't mean I don't love them, but we need that correction. And for people who run, I, I, there's a lot of people I know who don't run like you and me. Bill doesn't run like you and me. Bill is very calm and very peaceful. And, and All the time. He's got energy, but he's got, he's got only good vibe energy. And sometimes you and I, I can tell our RPM meter gets brought up to the point where sometimes we, we struggle with getting those RPMs down. And, calm, and that, that 10 minute meditation gets my RPMs down before we start the day. That's awesome. That's very good. good Why did you, uh, when you were a kid, did you want to be a dental consultant? Is that like what you dreamed of no, when you were uh, 14 people, years old? No, I, I wanted to be a teacher. Like I, okay. I well, so you're doing what you wanted to do. I mean, then, you know, you didn't understand yeah. the world enough to know about consultants when you were 14 years old, but you wanted to teach. And that's, that's, what do you think? I mean, I don't know with the, the data, but why do you think most, what do you think is a top two or three reason that people become a dentist? And Kirk, before you answer that really quick, can you just pull your mic in a little bit closer towards your face? Because RPMs are too high. Is it too loud? Because I, uh, John Engel told you, he said, turn down your mic. You're too loud. So I don't know if I'm too close or too far. Just start breathing heavy into the mic. Everyone loves that. Is that good? Okay. No, I have my own opinions about why people became dentists. 23 years of research is, I think, number one is they, someone, someone was at the corner right. or the crossroads where they saw, they had a neighbor a friend, an uncle, a dad, there someone who's like, uh, dentistry is a great life. And they yeah. saw them, they saw them having a great life. The second thing would be, I think less, but I'm, this is just anecdotal. Um, they love the science piece of it. The idea of sure. 
scientifically doing something that mattered, made a difference. But my opinion is it was somebody at that road that said, go this way. Do you know what I mean? I did it for a kid who wanted to be an MD. I'm like, don't be an MD, be a dentist. And I told him to go visit some MDs. Yeah. He came back. Now I handpicked Horrifying. a dentist for him to see. And he's like, dude, I'm going to be a dentist. Well, he just graduated as an orthodontist. Nice. He's so, he's so happy. Now nice. I'm opinionated, but you answer the question. Why do you think people came a dentist? Why'd you become a dentist? Well, so, I mean, what do you say for, for a dental school interview? What does everybody say? I want to help people. Right. right. Which is fine. No, but there's no one who doesn't want to help people. Right. That's like, I, I honestly think dental schools should, if you, if you're at an interview and you say, I want to become a dentist because I want to help people, they should pull out a crossbow and just send a crossbow bolt. I'm not, not shoot them, but send it by their ear. Just buzz their ear with it and say, wake up. Tell me why you really want to be a dentist. And I'll tell you mine. Um, and I know a lot of people like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I became a dentist because of my dad. My dad, practiced dentistry for 25 years in Amarillo, Texas. Um, they taught at the dental school here in San Antonio. Um, and all my life, I wanted to make my dad happy. And um, that's honestly, that's what drove me into dentistry. I wanted to make my dad happy. And I wanted to hear my dad say that he was proud of me. Mm. Um, there's a problem with that, Kirk. And that's my dad died when I was 10 years old. Mm. So no matter what I do, in dentistry, I'm never going to hear that he was proud of me. Wow. So that moment's never going to come. And what led me to realizing I needed a therapist started from that, is that as time has gone on and I've tried to do things, whether that be you know, going to dental school, opening my own practice, working on subject matter to try to become an expert in things so that I can teach and lecture and write... Um, being involved in organized dentistry, all those sorts of things um, were things that I used to fill that emptiness inside of me that will never, ever be filled of my dad, of hearing my dad say that, that he was proud of me. And at some point, I started to resent dentistry because it wasn't giving me what I needed, which was that, that sort of feeling of fulfillment. And it never will. And no matter what I do, it never will. No matter what stage I'm on, no matter what publication I get in, any of that stuff, none of it will ever answer what I needed to answer. Um, and so we, we used to use, we don't use it anymore because we use a, a different, different software system, but we used to use this software system that would um, help get in touch with patients who were like a year and a half they haven't had a profi in a year and a half or two years and try to get them reactivated back into the practice, right? Um, and one of the options was I'm seeking care from another dentist and then it would let them type something and it would send us a report. So we know, hey, let's just take them off the rolls so they don't keep getting contacted. And I come into the office one morning and there's an email in our, in our desk that says, it was from a guy named Chris um, and it said he was seeking dental care elsewhere and under comments, it said, um, Dr. Austin just seems so angry all the time, mm. which is like one of those things that I thought, I thought I was really good at hiding all of that and keeping that in check. And I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to show you how good I was at that. I don't know if you can see this. You see that right there? Yeah. You see what that is? That's a hole. It's a hole in the wall. Yeah. With, with from what? Uh, from a shady contractor. No, from my fist, Kirk. <laughs> from my well, I have fist. to ask. I have to ask. Okay, so tell us a story about the hole. Well, tell us I about mean, your hole. I 
to be honest, I don't even remember what it was that sent me over the edge that day. But like it, I came into my office and punched the wall and I was so angry at something. But what I thought is like, oh, I thought I was really good at holding that in control until I walked into my private office door and shut the door and then I let it out. But the truth is, is that my team noticed it every day. My patients noticed it. And I, here I am walking around thinking I'm Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, mm. thinking that, that I'm the greatest actor in the world and that no one can really tell that I'm actually not that thrilled with, with everything and that I have, a, have an anger pro- problem. Um, so, you know, I, that's what led me to realize that I needed a therapist was that email. And so, um, I, that was a pretty stark, uh, moment for me to, to get that email. And, and not everybody may have that moment because I think for every Chris that emailed me in and saying that I'm so angry all the time, that's why I switched Dennis. There's probably a hundred other patients that just left mm-hmm. and that's easier on our psyche, but it's not easier on our practice. And so had I started to try to figure things out before this, you know, maybe I don't lose Chris. Maybe I don't lose the 99 other patients that didn't email in and just unsubscribe. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things. I think there are a lot of people out there who are like me that, yes, we all wanted to help people. But the reason they became a dentist was, was maybe a reason that they can never fully solve or they can never fully get the validation that they need. Um, and so it, it becomes, um, it becomes a, a 2,500 square foot coffin every day. And, and I, I want people to know that, that the way out of that, the way out of that is not trying to find some MLM solution to sell, you know, um, CBD products or, 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 you know, uh, nutritional shakes. It's, it's not any of that. It's, it's coming to terms with what's in your brain and what's in your mind. Um, and, and seeking therapy to try to become, um, a a human being that copes better with the day-to-day stresses that we all have. Yeah. And Ed Siegel just, um, he said, your message rings true to so many. So thanks for talking about this. And so can you talk about this? Therapy is just one spoke in the wheel. It's not, it's not the, it's not the one thing. Like there's a whole combination of things when it comes to mental health and it's a complex puzzle. So, I mean, what could you say to somebody who's like, he's talking to me, like, where, like, how do I put this wheel together or sure. puzzle for me? So therapy, meditation, mm-hmm. those two things we've talked about already. Um, I honestly think when I started the story about, about seeing you for the first time, you know, I mentioned not being in a healthy relationship. And I think that's, that's a huge part of it. And, and I think one thing that's helped my life turn the corner is, is having a great relationship. And, and Andrea is, is my fiance. Um, we were planning on getting married this summer in, in Paris, which, um, you know, I, now I don't know. We've, we've trying to, to figure that out. Um, but she's a great partner for me and, and I'm a great partner for her. And so, you know, I, I think figuring that out. So if that involves couples counseling, you know, or if that involves, you know, whatever it is to take to get you out of that toxic place, um, I will tell you that it's worth it. And, and that, that, you know, you, you have to cut that stuff out of your life and it's really hard. And we don't, I did not have children. So it's so easy for me to sit here on top of Mount Pius and tell you to do that without having kids and without having huge financial obligations and things like that at the time. Um, but I, I do think you, you got to have a good life at home and you got to have a good partner. Um, and sometimes a good partner is no partner. You know, there are times in our lives that we need that too. 
Um, and so that's something that, that we need to remember. And so, you know, I think those are things that, that we start with. And then I think, you know, then it becomes trying to build the practice that you want. And so whatever that means to you, and, and I know kind of the practice that I want, and, you know, some days it is that, and some days it's not, you know, I mean, we can't control it down to that granular of a level, but, um, we really have to be willing to say, you know, Hey, let me cut the things out of my practice that I want, cut the things out that I don't want. And I'm not talking just about insurance because it's such a, a safe, a, you know, that's such an easy, you know, villain to make. It's not so much about that. It's about the procedures you want. It's about the people you want. Um, and, and try to build your life the way you want it. And, and so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe like you, I don't know about this. Are you a, are you a yes man? Are you an overcommitter? Are you a, oh, are you I've a been, say yes? I've been clinically diagnosed as a wuss. Okay. So yeah. I say yes to everything. I'm a yes man. Now I also knew getting married to my wife, that was problematic. Cause I'd say, oh yes, yes. Well, obviously couldn't get half the things done. I also hate conflict. I love people. And I confuse clarity for niceness all the time. And I go, oh, it's not a problem when it's a huge problem. Sure. Oh, and then then when I get mad, they go, whoa, what's going right. on Where with Mr. Happy from? Guy? Oh, right. no, Mr. Yeah. Happy Guy isn't happy today when your world isn't working like you want right. it to. Oh, everybody else. And I'm like, oh, no, no. This, I, this is the first time I freaked out in like three weeks. So I'm like anyone else. And I also say this, Josh, like people people assume things about people's life. My house, yeah, the whole world. I don't have a hole in the wall, but I could put one in there. There's a lot of wall there for us to put holes in, I know, in, but I'm, I'm afraid that if I punched <laughs> it, you would laugh and go, that's not a punch. What are you trying to do there? Like, uh, I'm a wuss. Um, but um, the thing I do know is that, uh, you know, same stuff, different address in a lot of cases. I, my wife and I fight like everybody else does. It's just, I, I think one thing, I got to bring the best me to this. Sure. Doing, Somebody or something isn't going to fix me. I right. have to be the best me every morning with all the crap I got right. in my head. Now, Gary was talking about the Peloton. I will tell everybody's got their algorithms for a better day. Yeah. Mine is if I can get seven, seven hours of sleep. Um, now, this is a big thing to talk about even right now. Um, I had a friend who uh, owned six practices, 120 team members, and went through cancer. The first thing he had to do was start sleeping because the panic was so high. Because when you don't sleep, you make really bad decisions. And yes. I'll be the first to say that when I get four hours of sleep, I do stupid stuff. I put stuff, you know, that I shouldn't be eating. A couple extra glasses of wine makes the, you know, takes the edge off. You do quick things. So like in this time, I think it's important as much as you're, you know, Josh, I think you're giving us like number one, educate. Number two, get some sleep. I'd use the call map every single night. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll probably start using it every night just to get to sleep. Cause when I wake up, have a cup of coffee, I'm fine. And Gary mentioned the Peloton. I'm not a thing guy, but man, that Peloton, I freaking love it. And I think the crazy stuff comes out of my brain and on the floor and for mental health, like I don't care what it does for my body. It's my brain. It right. flushes out all the toxins. So um, I don't even know why I'm telling you all that, but like, well, I, I, is Gary on stuff. the, is Gary on the Peloton bike? Is he basic? <laughs> is that, is that how basic Gary is? I don't know. I think we got to be following him. Cause I know because you listen. One. Yeah. But I've got the Peloton tread. So Gary, when don't you don't want to be basic anymore, you get the Peloton treadmill. That's all I'm right. saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All you basic people out there with the bikes, call me when you get a treadmill. I now have the new, newest Peloton thing. The newest Peloton thing is you, you remember those 
fitness videos from the 50s where people would stand on that thing that had the belt that went around their butt. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's the new Peloton thing is that thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So you just yeah. watch a video of a hot chick um, with that belt around and, and just vibrate the fat away. Yeah. You vibrate it away. Well, and, and, and let's not talk about fat here. We're talking about mental health and in these challenging times. And I think, you know, as a dentist or as a leader, and now uh, a couple of the things that came through, is Josh Desi said this, you know, Josh, thank you for being so real and sharing your story. It doesn't only help a dentist, but I think it's going to help many dental professionals like hygienists, assistants, front. You got to remember, you got a team of people around you too. It's not just about us. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, Josh, one thing that I just wanted to really make sure to, that everyone know what you said at the beginning. Uh, my wife, she's a, a, a life coach for actually CEO men. So she works with men all the time. And one thing that you mentioned at the beginning is you have to realize that it's happening first. Right. Before anything, you got to understand and realize that it's happening. And you, did, you had to go through that. Otherwise, you're hiding it. And if you don't, let it out somewhere, whether it's to your spouse or your uh, partner like you have right now, or whether it's to a uh, text chat to that uh, company, or whether it's to Kirk. I'm sure Kirk would love to hear anybody's problems, and then he'll smile right back at you. I get to hear them all day long, and I hear <laughs> sometimes too much, but that's, I mean, that's why we're Good here. Point. Like, that's why everybody's here, you know? That's why we're doing this. Keep going, Curtis. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say that's the biggest thing. And with, however you cope it, I like how Kurt copes it. I like, Josh, you have uh, your meditation and a few other things that you do. One thing that works for me is uh, gratitude. When I'm able to, it's been proven uh, scientifically that uh, if people who focus on gratitude of what they're grateful for are mentally stronger than those, not only those who focus negatively, but also those that just focus on the status quo of today I did this, today I did this versus I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for. They are mentally more stable. I, we could do a whole podcast just on this alone uh, of that theory of gratitude, but it helps mental health. That's what, that's what I try to do for my mental health is gratitude. Andrea, yeah. uh, my fiance catches me in that all the time. And that uh, Kirk, um, I know that everyone who who's a dental or who's not a dental speaker thinks that the life of a dental speaker is the most glamorous thing in the world. Um, and <laughs> I was literally like schlepping to Midland, Texas, or someplace like that. Um, it's not all Maui. It's not all Kona. It's not all New York City and Boston. Um, there's a lot of, of of little places that are hard to get to. Um, and I, I think my comment it was like, "Hey, what's your week like?" Uh, I got to go to Midland on Thursday, and she's like, "No." You don't have to go to Midland. You get to go to Midland. You get Very to well do said. what you like to do. It doesn't matter where it is or how big the audience is or how many mm -hmm. people are there. You like to get up in front of people and make jokes. And that's what you get to do. Yep. Wow. Okay. You're right. I get to go to Midland. I don't have to go to Midland. I get to go to Midland. Um, <laughs> sorry. Powerful, buddy. No, it doesn't matter what it is, Josh. No, uh, no shade at the uh, Odessa, Midland Odessa Permian Basin. I literally just pulled that out randomly. So Yeah. Well, and you're right. There isn't a lot of glamour. Like people go, oh, you speak everywhere. Like, what's it like? Well, I get a lot of nights at a Hampton Inn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or even worse, delayed in an, in an airport terminal, you know, trying right. to find something opened at 11 o'clock at night and you're eating, you know, the, the two day old Wetzel's pretzels, um, you know, 
and yeah. uh, and and sleeping in a in a huddle on the floor using your right. suit jacket as a pillow. Now I want to bring up something too, and Ed, Ed, uh, I we know Ed Siegel, and Ed posted in nine months there'll be a lot of newborns and divorces, and that's it's a little bit of a. You know, I, I know exactly where you're going with that, but here's one thing I would say to the truth of that is, is that in this time of crisis, you can lose your mind. If you're already struggling or already angry and putting holes in the wall, you can probably put a few more there. So in the midst of this, you know, it's very important not to let the wheels come off. Um, I think it's going to go one of two ways. We, you're either going to get a lot better, not in the short term from this, or things are going to get worse. Um, and it's a product of, I mean, we can protect our thinking, but ultimately I got to protect what comes out of my mouth and how I behave every day. And I got to keep myself in check in that. And Josh speak to us, like, again, just the mind of a young dentist with all of these responsibilities in this, you know, I know there's a lot of people watching you going, look, dude, you're talking to me like, but you don't understand. You don't understand. What would you say? I do understand. And here's what I know. Is there any, I mean, so, so here's, I mean, do you want to hear some statistics that are sobering? And like, I'm, I'm saying that these are peacetime statistics indicating that this is wartime. And my, my grandfather in his grave is rolling over saying, don't you dare compare having to stay in your house and watch Netflix to like me storming the beach at Normandy. Right. Um, (laughs) But some statistics of the good times of dentistry, right? Um, So there's a study done by the CDC um, that showed that dentists are uh, two and a half times more likely um, to die of suicide than the general public. Two and a half. Now, times. why is why the question is always why? Is there any? Yeah. So I I've, I'm going to name some other things and we'll get to some of the whys. Okay. The Journal of Deviant Behavior that exists, and I now like I want to subscribe to this because that must be the most amazing journal of all time. Like, forget the the American Journal of Prost, uh, of Prosthetics. I want to read the Journal of Deviant Behavior because there must be some great stuff in there every month. Have um, you been published in there? I, it's coming <laughs> soon. Uh, believe me, it's coming soon. Um, being a dentist, this is a quote, being a dentist increased one's risk of suicide by 564%. Hmm. 564. So now you've got 250% on one article and 564. So let's just cut the middle of it and say, 300% more likely, three times more likely to commit suicide if you're a dentist than the general population. The okay. ADA has an article that says dentists have double the rate of diagnosed depression, anxiety disorder, and panic attacks than the general population. Okay, and that's, but then still why? I'm, well, I'm that's self re- that. Yeah, so that's self-reported data. Okay. So that's it's going to be higher than what is actually reported. Right. Um, now you're going to get into why's. 90% of dentists say that they're in some sort of musculoskeletal pain on a daily or weekly basis. Interesting. That's from the uh, uh, Journal of British Osteopathy. Wow. The okay. ADA has a, has a study that shows 38% of dentists are frequently or always worried. Again, this is peacetime. That number is 100% now. But when things are good, about 40% of dentists are always worried about something. And 35% of dentists are frequently or always physically or emotionally exhausted. Exhausted is the term that gets used. Not tired, not fatigued, exhausted. So imagine being in pain, physically and emotionally exhausted, worried, having panic attacks, depression and anxiety, and 
you look at the CDC page for risk factors of suicide, well, you've got history of mental disorders, particularly clinical depression. Well, we know that dentists, 35% of dentists have are always worried and always exhausted, and that dentists have double the rate of the general population of anxiety, depression, and suicide. Um, talk about a history of substance and alcohol abuse. That's on the CDC list. I seem like seems like I hear a lot about that about dentists. Um, uh, feeling of hopelessness. You know that thirty four percent of dentists who are right. always exhausted physically and emotionally. Um, isolation. You know, dentistry, dentistry can be one of the most isolating professions that we know of. Um, and then you talk about physical illnesses on the CDC page. Remember that 90% of dentists right. who are, you know, in pain at least weekly. Um, that's the cocktail. And then couple that with stigma about talking about it, which is also on the CDC list of risk factors for suicide. It's stigma and unwillingness to talk about it. It's a horrible cocktail. And yeah. you look at a time like this where you feel like you've got all your team members that are depending on you. And they are. And we don't have the answers. And we're a group of people who are used to having answers and used to knowing we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And that is gone. And th it's only going to get worse, Kirk. It's wow. only going to get worse. That is really, see, though, um, we're having people ask, is there any way, Josh, this is very valuable. Can you share those statistics? Where did you find all this yeah. information? Because that just love, I mean, we all love the research, but this is really good insight because everybody experienced this on some levels and it's just how much of it, it could be a common, the cocktail could be very strong for some people. You for know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Give me an hour and I'll get, uh, I'll get uh, Christine or, or Leanne those, those uh, links to those journal articles. Um, okay. Social media doesn't help. <laughs> no, tell us about that. Cause you're, it's Toxic man, I don't. A lot wait, of it wait, is. wait, wait, wait. You're it's the a expert lot of it. on social no, media, there's, but there's no being an expert on it because it's a a mishigasif mess. It just is. It's from somebody who has anxiety and depression, and somebody who has a hard time with comparing themselves to others. Yeah, Instagram is is, is a cyanide capsule. It's it's. I have to prune my list that I follow all the time because. There are so many people, and I mentioned them out there, and I'm not going to mention anybody by name because it's not fair to blast them, but there are so many people who, if you look at their Instagram feed and their Instagram stories, their life is freaking perfect. Mm -hmm. Every case they do is perfect. They got patients out the yin-yang. They're so busy, it's not even crazy. They're expanding their office. Look at those beautiful chairs. Look at that beautiful reception area. Absolutely. Look Gosh. at that sweet car. Yeah, I mean, you start seeing all this stuff, and all you're seeing is their highlight reel. All yep, you're yeah. seeing is their highlight reel. And when you look at it, compare it to yourself. And I think about the composite that I just did, you know, and I'm looking at the feed and I'm thinking, I'm a garbage human being because I'm not doing full mouth rehabs all day. My office doesn't look like that. My car doesn't look like that. My wife doesn't look like that. My kids don't look like that. And I'm doing everything wrong and this person has it right. And that's the most, like, <laughs> it, it's just so inauthentic. And I'm somebody who craves authenticity. I want to know that I'm not alone and that I have stuff that breaks and I have feelings that come out and I have people that have post-operative pain and I have all those failure type issues. Um, and because of social media, a lot of times I feel bad about it. And so, you know, that's, that's to me, it's a problem. And, and if you let that thing grow, it grows like these tentacles that root themselves into your psyche. And every time you flip through Instagram, it flexes a muscle that says, I'm not good enough, right? 
And when you flex the muscle that says, I'm not good enough all the time, the muscle that says, I am good enough, atrophies because you're not working it out at all. And then we run into self-esteem issues and that's a huge problem. And so um, I I did something on Instagram a few months ago where I posted um, three failures uh, on Instagram. It was three crowns. They were all Emacs crowns at number 14. They all broke the same way. They were all five to seven years old. Um, And I posted it. It's like, hey, let's talk about this. And I tagged a bunch of people. I was like, I challenge you to post a failure as well. And guess how many people out of the 30 or 40 people that I tagged posted a failure of their own? One or two or zero. All of them. Zero. Zero. Not one. Not a single one. But everybody commented saying, oh, we should talk about this more. It's great. But not on my feed where my patients can possibly see it. Yeah. So I, you know, I, 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 I do get, I, there are, I, does the government, I, we, this should be a question for our HR person. Does the government mandate a certain time of vacation that we have to give a full-time employee? You answer this. Is it, it's, we have to give them something, right? Whatever. Hmm. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. But, so whatever, whatever amount of time you take as vacation with your family you should also take that amount of time as a social media vacation. Amen. Now bro. you don't have to line them up where they go, where you go on social media vacation while you're on vacation, vacation. But take two weeks off of Instagram, take two weeks off of Facebook, a year, and just like deactivate. Just make your profile not even there, and right. and just like see first off how instinctively you just look at your phone all the time. Just look at your damn phone. It's such a like. Uh, fast twitch muscle it's become that it's scary. Um, and the other thing is just like how all the cacophony silences a little bit. And you're left with thoughts and moments to yourself that you're not filling with this other toxic stuff. So um, I don't know. Get some of that stuff out of your life. Take a vacation. I'm not saying get off of it because I don't know if you can be off of it these days, but take a vacation. It should be like government mandated that we take a social media vacation for two weeks a year. Yeah. It's okay to suck at social media is what you're trying to say. <laughs> I, here's a, my whole thought, like where we're leading to in this whole thing, and we should have started this at the beginning, yeah. but it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, I agree. And, and in dentistry, because of social media and because of how we have to position ourselves in our community, um, I think a lot of us feel that it's not okay to be not okay. And that couldn't be anything further from the truth. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah, there Beverly... Are, Beverly just posted, I'm celebrating three years social media sobriety. That's powerful. That's, I so wish I could be uh, uh, social media sober. Um, but you know what? Unfortunately, it's a part of the deal. So, social you know, media I, is sobering, though, actually, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's in the worst ways, though, you know, and sometimes in the worst ways. And so take yeah. two weeks off, get the people that make you feel bad about yourself, get them out of your feet. Um, just get rid of them, you know? So what's kind of crazy is that my feed, if you, if I were to give you my phone and you're to open my Instagram, you know what you're going to see a lot of accounts that I follow? What? Dogs. Oh yeah. You do love dogs. I do love dogs. It's the best. I just love following dog accounts. There's nothing better than a great dog account. I, I care so much about these like 10 dogs that I've never met in my life. But I love them. One and they of love pa- you. They one love of you. them passed away last year. I, I shed tears. I saw I that. I cried. I saw that. Yeah, because I, I follow you and your dogs. Yeah, so, my dogs are the best. I know, yeah. buddy. Buddy, yeah. I want to just, um, 
I'm so freaking proud of you. I love you mm. dearly as a friend and love you, brother. I think I think you made a great statement today. I think it was the perfect not only content transition person to do this, because we could all sit here and go, crap, the world is ending. Like we need to talk about the things that are real. We need to laugh a little bit. We need to talk about the things that are impacting us emotionally. It's just this has just been an incredible day with this awesome profession. But Gary DeWood, Christian you, it's like the perfect thing like it's only money and if you're going to protect anything protect what's important your mental health your sanity and do what you can't do today and josh you gave me a great shooting plan for i'm gonna i hope twitter dies a miserable miserable death but like <laughs> i'm with you i just a lot of these things i it just doesn't matter and i see what you're trying to say and i think you're speaking to the hearts and minds of a lot of people that are watching today and it's dennis the only you know, the only thing I can say is we all got to stick together and educate and just what you're sharing with us. That's, it needs to be said, brother. So keep the message strong. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This was fun. You are awesome. And Josh, I do want to tell you one thing, just kind of in advance. One, don't forget to share that, um, the data, because I've got a ton of messages of everybody. So I will get everyone that, uh, Two people are just thanking you over and over again. And I think your dog's Instagram is probably going to blow up because somebody posted it for everyone. Yeah, it's, um, at, it's at Graham and Fig if you're interested. Oh, it's right here. I see. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I've got it. So that will be fun. I think dogs are super entertaining. And thanks for your honesty, because if there is one thing that we can use a little more of, it's just honest realness and the emotions we're feeling. Uh, Brene Brown said this the other day on her Instagram feed and I, and I read it and then I read it again and I thought, oh man, that is so true. We can be, we can be scared without being scary. And I think what you Mm. share today is really, that's kind of a great message, right? We can, we can have these emotions and, and be authentic about it. Um, but we don't have to be scary. So when we talk to others, it doesn't have to be in total freak out mode, but, um, thank you. For a great yeah, message. Thank you, Josh. Very I told you it was going to be raw, Kirk. I told you. Dude, you always deliver. You always deliver. So a couple things, just check out, you know, follow Josh, reach out to him. Josh, if you wouldn't mind, jump over to the Facebook group. I know there's probably a lot of people that would love to connect to you and go, look, I'm, I'm hurting. Can you help me? And then we'll post the resources over there. So those go, that conversation stays alive for weeks. Um, if you feel like you need help, do what Josh is saying, reach out, get help. And then Josh, how can people find you if they need to just reach out to you personally? Just You mean after I just blasted social media for five minutes? Um, yeah, forget it. Do you got an email address or yeah, something? Yeah, so you can get me by email, uh, jaustindds at me.com, M-E. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Josh Austin. Uh, you can find me on, on Instagram at Joshua Austin DDS. And you can follow my dogs at Graham and Fig. Dude, you're the best. All right, brother. Appreciate you so much. There you have it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Best Practices Show. I hope you sure did enjoy it. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We are always here for you. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you consume podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, you can leave a comment or a four or five star review. But until we see you next time, keep watching the Best Practices Show.